Thanks for joining us online for today's message from our Sunday morning service, where we are learning how to make disciples who love God, love others, and serve the world. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged. For more information about Wilmot Center Missionary Church, go to wcmc.ca. Now prepare your hearts for what God wants to speak to you today. Today, uh, my desire is to honor mothers, and not mothers only, but to honor all uh, ladies, all women who are here today, and, and to ask this question uh, as I begin with, with the message, which is, what do you suppose is the best way to honor a woman? Uh, there are lots of ways, right? Uh, think of what's, uh, what are some of the things that you might want to do or that maybe you have done or that you would do to honor a woman. Maybe uh, flowers, uh, pampering, dinner out, uh, jewelry. <laughs> uh, we took my mom to a concert last night. That was... Uh, something we, we wanted to do. It, it, it's been more than 30 years since my mother's been to a Metallica concert. And, uh, <laughs> because she's never been to a Metallica concert. And neither have I. Uh, so we took her to the symphony and it was much more enjoyable. Uh, It's just personal taste. Uh, and then my wife, Tarina, reminded me yesterday, and this is for real. She said, remember to buy me flowers after Sunday when they're not so ridic ridiculously expensive, right? <laughs> so that's our thing. Like our thing is she's okay with that. Don't buy them before because I don't want you spending, spending all that money. I want you to buy them afterwards. But I, I believe, and I have a few slides, uh, I believe the most important way to honor our wives, our mothers, the women in our lives, is by treating them as sacred. And I'm going to take us to, to some verses in Scripture that where I got this from, um, this idea, this understanding that the most important thing that I can do for my wife the most important thing that I can do for any of the women in my life that I have some influence with, that I have the ability to do this for, is about making them and helping them to be and treating them as sacred or holy. How does that sound, ladies? Does that sound good? To be treated as sacred, to be treated as holy? Uh, how do people handle something that's sacred? I think if somebody had something that's sacred in their possession, they would handle it with care, wouldn't they? Not necessarily in the sense of being fragile. Am I able, are we able to flip to, the, um, to, to my slides? Thank you. Not necessarily in the sense of being fragile, but maybe. But mainly the idea of being valuable, of being precious. The sort of thing you don't take with you. Isn't that kind of what, what people think? There's something sacred. They set it aside. They lock it up in protective glass with laser sensors and alarms and 007 episodes. When a lot of people think of sacred, they think of a majestic cathedral being the home of priceless relics 
as sacred that you might go to visit. And that's one of the reasons why, one of the reasons why when, when Notre Dame burned and had that fire recently in Paris, that they were concerned about the relics, right? All of the sacred stuff that was in that building. Now, don't get me wrong. Those can be beautiful sights. But let me suggest that in the Bible and for the church, sacred is not about being locked up and protected. Uh, Sacred is not about ornaments and furniture and relics. Sacred is not about just memories. Something that's sacred, according to God's word, is not static or idle or something just to be visited and seen behind protective glass. Sacred and holy does mean set apart and special. Uh, Sacred may seem easier and safer if it's protected and on display to be visited and viewed. But the sacred in scripture is meant to be set apart, consecrated, dedicated to God for his active purposes. And so as a child of God and as a follower of Jesus, you are considered sacred, holy, set apart for God's purposes. Would you say amen to that? Let me give you one example. We're going to go today uh, to the book of Ephesians. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 5. But before we go to chapter 5, I want to read for you how Ephesians opens in Ephesians chapter 1. And there the Apostle Paul, who wrote this letter to the people, the church of, of Ephesus, he wrote, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus. Or he might have said to God's holy ones, or some translations, it's the same word, he would uh, translate to God's saints. Or we could even use the word or the phrase sacred ones. The word actually is just the plural word holy. It's to God's holies, or to his holy ones, his sacred ones, his saints. That's who you and I are in Jesus Christ. Does that sound good? Sacred or holy does mean special or set apart, but it also means alive. And then holy also has the meaning, not just of being set apart and special for God's purposes, But holy also refers to our conduct. And that's often how people think of the word holy in negative terms. Oh, you're holier than thou. You're holy and and you behave in such a holy way. Well, holy then is about our conduct. Not from our own personal effort to behave well. But rather from our relationship with God, our relationship with the Holy Spirit, our recognition of the Holy Spirit being the very presence of God sealed and implanted in us, dwelling and active in and through us. It's the Holy Spirit who activates us, who animates us, who gives us life, who gives us strength, who gives us power, who gives us authority, who gives us ability, who gives us gifts, who gives us victory, who gives us character to look and to act spiritually like Jesus Christ, 
more and more. And family, I believe, is one of those things that is meant to be sacred. Relationships committed and submitted to a loving relationship with a loving Heavenly Father. And since today is Mother's Day, uh, I want to focus on what I believe Scripture reveals to be the most important thing that a man can do to honor a woman. Come with me, if you would, uh, to Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verse 25. Ephesians 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. That is no small ask. (laughs) In fact, it's more than an ask. It's an expectation. That is no small expectation. The word love means, and this has been defined many ways, this word agape. But the word love means seeking the highest good for another person. Seeking the highest good for another person and then helping them in a sacrificial way to become the very best that that person could be. That's what Jesus did for us. I mean, nobody behaved more sacrificially than Jesus did. That sacrificial love, seeking the highest good for people by laying down his life in order to give us life. It's an unselfish love, just like his death, when he gave himself up for the church. So so now we understand, we get this idea, this understanding for men that the way that we ought to treat, and I would suggest not just our wives, but especially in that relationship of husbands and wives, to love them after the model of Jesus Christ, that kind of love. There's one pastor who taught on love and and said these couple of things that I think are, are really worth saying. He said, it's one thing to make a sacrifice for someone else and live to tell about it and receive some satisfaction, receive some thanks, receive some glory, receive some accolades. But it's another to give up your life, and that's it. It's another to give up our life and not be able to hang around to get the praise for having given up our lives. And hearing about somebody giving up a kidney is... Is, is a taste of that, is, is giving up part of us that will not be returned to us in this life. God could have chosen any way or method to save his broken and rebellious creation. Now, God could do what he chooses. What he did choose was to come right down to be among us and to show a love that sought the highest good for people even people who set themselves against him, that he would do what he did even for enemies. So how does that apply to our treatment of women, men? To all men equally, whether we are students, young men, whether we are single or married or somewhere in between, uh, to those who've been married a while, especially if the original polish of the relationship has faded and bless the Lord when it hasn't faded. 
I give to you these verses that tell us what I believe is the most important thing we can do for them. Because here it is. It'll come up in the next verse. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her. So Christ sanctified the church by giving himself up for the church. And he's saying to uh, to us as men, I am calling you to help women to be made holy. Now, God makes us holy, but I want to help you in that sanctifying, and we'll talk about that this morning. Having cleansed her, this is about Jesus and the church, and then us to follow that example. Having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. Here's the best, most important thing that a man can do for a woman. Follow the example of Jesus for the church by helping her to be holy, to be sacred. Washing, that that Paul writes about here. Washing, it's represented, we had just at, at Easter recently, we had a baptism, and it's represented in baptism, the spiritually, that... That, that image of washing of the impurity of sin made possible by the shed blood of Jesus and the ongoing cleansing, flowing, filling of the Holy Spirit. Sanctification means exactly what we've described as being made sacred. That's what that, the word sanctification, sanctifying this verse is about. Then living it out in the power of the Spirit. It's like, now no illustration is perfect, but it's like getting your favorite shirt or outfit, or I don't remember what that hat was called in that sketch this morning. I'd never heard of that. What was that called? A fascinator. That is fascinating. I mean, you knew I was going to say that. All right. But it's like getting your favorite shirt or fascinator washed and taking it out from the wash and smelling that absolutely wonderful fragrance of cleanness, and then wearing it, and enjoying it, and staying clean, and getting washed regularly, right? Because being filled with the Spirit, we get baptized, we get filled with the Spirit, and then He continues to fill. Because being filled with the Spirit is about continually submitting ourselves to Him, so that to overflowing we would be filled with him so that he is the one who is giving direction to us. Because Paul would write in this same book, he said, don't get filled with wine, don't be drunk with wine, but rather be filled with the Spirit on an ongoing basis. What a way to view a woman. To say, I want you in Christ to be clean. And I want to help you in that way to be clean and to remain clean. And ladies, doing the same for men in your life is perfectly okay too, right? Do you think of each other as sacred? Not worship, not goddesses or gods, but sacred. Alive for God, alive for God's joy and God's pleasure. Alive for God's purposes, for his service, for your joy in him. And that is for the love of family, too. It's for the love of the example that a man sets for his children and others to see. 
It's, it's for the love and dignity to be shown to any woman. And it, it is also for the healthy love of ourselves. Now in this, this uh, passage in Ephesians chapter 5, I have met and seen men who have taken earlier verses from this chapter who say that men ought to respect and ought to submit to women and that has become the framework for their relationship. You will do what I tell you. And I'm going to come back to those verses that Father's Day. But that is not the whole story, is it? The whole story is men first and foremost... We do not lead from title. We do not lead from position. In any responsibility we have, we ought to be leading from trust. Amen? And so we have been called to help and to empower to live in a holy way. That is our calling in our relationship with women. Verses 28 through 30. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. If all of us and those that I have seen abuse these verses would read the whole passage and say, so what does it look like to love a woman like we love our own bodies? Then we would not be bossing anybody around, would we? We would be treating people in the same way that we treat ourselves with dignity and with love. I remember a number of years ago seeing some billboard when I was going to school in Chicago and seeing some billboard ads as as I was on the bus going to the school. And on the billboard it read, Life is short. Get a divorce. Can you imagine that on a billboard? It was, it was an advertisement for a law firm. And then it clicks, right? You go, okay, I get that. It makes sense. Because it didn't matter to them that they were offending a lot of people. It didn't matter to them that for, for many people, that relationship of marriage is sacred. It didn't matter to them that the vows spoken are, are really meant for what they say. And I do understand that it doesn't always work that way. It doesn't always work out that way uh, because of the behavior of people. And I recognize that there are probably people in this room who have been hurt and damaged because of that. Because of those vows having been said and then having been broken. So for them, they had no problem of being the audacity, of being audacious to put those words up on that billboard and say, life is short, get a divorce, because they want business. Because they knew that would appeal to people who were in difficult relationships. But God calls us to care about each other completely. That means spiritually. That means emotionally. That means relationally. That means physically. That we're to be called to be taking care of each other. A totally different way to look at people based on 2 Corinthians 5 verse 16 is therefore from now on we recognize no one according to the flesh. 
Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. Instead, we look at people through spiritual eyes with a desire to see them, one another, become more and more like Jesus Christ. So we can ask the question, how do I help a person to be sacred? How do I help a person to be holy? How do I help a person to grow and to get deeper in their sainthood? Well, first and foremost, I would suggest that we need to be praying for each other and praying with each other. And I implore you, I appeal to you uh, as husbands and wives that you pray together because there is a bond that is struck. There is a bond that is formed when you pray together. And, And listen, there will be those, and there are probably those among us today, and when you hear that, you go, well, not again. I'm being told to pray with my wife. Or I'm being told to pray with my husband. And when we have, when we have patterns in life, the longer that the patterns are set, the more difficult they are to break, right? And so it may be that after one year or two years or five years or ten years or even twenty years that it has not been the habit to pray. But I want to tell you that it doesn't have to stay that way. Amen? Because I, I saw on TV about a lady, she's in her 80s, and every year on her birthday, you know what she does? She skydives. That's nuts. I'm afraid of heights. And if you have never skydived or skydove or skydiven before, I don't know what the... The only way you can do that, or the only way that you can bungee jump, if you've never bungee jumped before, is by saying, you know what, I am going to step out, and I'm going to do it. And then once you've done it, you go, wow, you know, that wasn't, it wasn't so bad. I, not that you're going to bungee jump a whole lot, or you're going to go skydiving a lot, because you'll, you'll bleed your pocketbook. But if, if, if prayer is not going to have it together, I want to suggest to you that it's just like that. And I want to appeal to you that there is a spiritual bond when you pray together. And I am not saying that makes you better than other people or that you are less than other people. But what I will say is that something is being missed out on and there is blessing being missed out on. If you haven't stepped over that and taken that step of courage that can only come at that point then from the Holy Spirit empowering you to do something that you haven't done before. And you will be blessed. Amen? Amen. I want that to be an encouragement to you. I, I, I don't want it to be browbeating. But praying together and being in God's Word together, how else can I help that person to be sacred and holy? I would suggest by the freedom to dream. I really believe it's important to help people to dream God's dreams. And to give that person every opportunity that you would give yourself. Helping them to know and to live out their spiritual gifts, their passions, their abilities. To tell each other that you love them. And to compliment each other on a regular basis. I have seen... Uh, couples later in life, they just got so used to each other that they're like furniture, they just sit on each other. Right? And they don't compliment each other any more than they compliment their furniture. I want to encourage you that we help to make each other holy 
by building each other up because words give life. If we are not intentional, and that, this is not just with marriage, but this is just in relationships. If we are not intentional, one person in a relationship will tend to do whatever he or she wants or maybe both of them will at the expense of each other and then there is just a slow drift and the relationship begins and continues to drift apart. In all seriousness, you might ask, but what if she's a really difficult case? And that's, that, you know, I mean, you can flip that. It's, you, you can say the same thing about a man. What if he's a really difficult case? I say that in all seriousness. Emerson Egerich, in his book, Love and Respect, which comes right from Scripture and right from this passage, he challenges us that if we love this way, giving love and giving respect, Seeking the highest good and treating sacredly, we can expect a positive response. And I believe that. I believe that, that with difficult people, whoever they may be, that when we surprise them by treating them with love and giving them love and respect, sometimes they don't know how to handle it. They don't know how to handle it. And sometimes they do not handle it well. But most people will respond positively. As we respect with words and actions, as we nourish, and as we cherish, and as we love, and as we recognize people as unique, I want to reference Gary Chapman's book, Five Love Languages. Many of you uh, may, be, may be familiar with it, but it's a book that I give to every couple uh, that I will, I will marry, that I will do their wedding for. And in that book, Gary Chapman identifies five ways that, that people love to be loved. Words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, that can get expensive, acts of service, and physical touch. And, and I like the way he approaches this because he says, because people are different, they might have different love languages. I might really like to receive words of affirmation. But somebody else that is close to me might prefer quality time together. And if all I do is I show love by giving words of affirmation, saying, hey, I think you're great, I think you look great, I... and yet that person doesn't receive it like I wish they would, and I don't recognize that that person is wired differently than I am, and that what she really wants is, is quality time with me, this is another one of these things where I need to take the time and take the courage to step out of my comfort zone and say, you know what, I recognize that I need to love this person in the way that this person is really going to receive love. And even though it might not be something I want to do, I will realize that this is what I need to do and I will learn to love to do because this is what will help this person in my treating of her as being sacred or my treating of him as being sacred. I want to invite the, the musicians up as I conclude this morning. I want to state again today to every woman in this place, every woman in this room who's part of a family, because every person here is part of a family, 
that you are beautiful. You are loved by God. You are beloved by God. You are special by God. And you have the most valuable identity in Jesus Christ as his follower that you could ever have. Would you say amen to that? I want to affirm that today. I want to honor you today. And I want in my relationships, I don't have any daughters. Uh, I have two sons. I have one wife. And I have one mom. And, and I will tell you that my mom is the greatest spiritual influence that I had in my childhood. And I want to I be a man, I want to be a person who understands their sacredness and helps them to walk that out, to live that out in joy. Amen? God has shown us that he would call us holy and sacred. And he wants us to do the same for each other. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, help us, I pray. This is a day of celebration, and I thank you for that, Lord. This is a day to celebrate. I thank you for all the testimonies about moms and and special ladies in our lives, especially about moms today. And Lord, I, 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 I just pray that, that there would be such a, a reception and a receiving of who you call us and what you say about us. And Lord, I pray that there would, I pray for courage, Lord, for, for any of us who maybe haven't looked at it this way to say, wow, that woman in my life, she is special. She is sacred. She is holy. And I want to help her in that. Maybe a daughter. Maybe maybe a spouse. Maybe a fiancé. Maybe a girlfriend. Maybe a co-worker that with the right behaviors and, 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 and tactfulness and, and wisdom that there can be a showing of sacredness and value. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a a wonderful, beautiful person who doesn't know Jesus. Maybe it's somebody who's cantankerous. And maybe maybe it's that to be shown by a woman for a woman, even more so in those relationships of friends and neighbors. And my encouragement to us today, starting with me, is that that would be our commitment that in our lives with those women who are most important to us to be treated as holy and sacred. Jesus, thank you for your example. Thank you for your call to us to step out into that kind of a relationship with special people. And this morning, as as we do every week, I want to invite you that after we sing and after the service, if for any reason... You need to come. You want to pray. You want to pray with somebody. Please feel free to come to the front. Feel free to give God praise in any way, shape, or form. And feel free, if if you desire uh, somebody to pray with you, we would be delighted to do that today. May this day be a day of joy and celebration. May this be a day of great honoring and 
May this be a day of recognizing the sacred in Christ. Praise his name. He is good, and he has made you good. Amen. Thanks for listening online with us. We trust you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. If you have a prayer request or an encouraging story about what God has been doing in your life, please email us at amen at wcmc.ca. God bless.